Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Elkanen. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkan, and Dennis Dick is here. He's not at his desk, as you can see. Here, let's take him off the screen. He's here, I promise. He'll be, he'll be back in a second. But uh, <laughs> the show must go on without him. we got a lot to talk about today, guys. we got a lot going on, all right? we got NFT Madness. we got Intel. we got GameStop. we got Viacom. A lot of individual things to discuss there we go. Fix that camera, Joel. Um, so that's what we'll do. I, I I think we'll cover a lot of ticker time today because we actually, believe it or not, don't have a guest scheduled. Okay. <gasps> that is okay. It just means more time for chat, more time for tickers. So that's the plan for the day there. Dennis is back at his desk. He's got the hair indicator working. Fast market. He's in a fast market. He combed his hair sort of. Kind I of literally of- just sat down like a second ago here. Oh, and I have Charles on here on the pro. We got All right. Charles. Cool. Bye-bye, Charles. Go cool. bring up those sharks. Tell us how it's going. <laughs> we are trading in the green by 14 handles. 14 and a quarter, 39.14. We gave a look at yesterday's low, 90.50. Got the 92 and a quarter. On that bounce, 39.19, folks. We this is a yo-yo market between 3,900 pretty much and 39.20. Spent a little time above, a little time below, but man, my creaky old bones are telling me we got a big move coming. I just got to figure out when and which way. Uh, you have crude rebounding after getting shellacked. That's up a buck 38 at 59. 14 gold in the green by 420 at 17 29 30. Uh, we have silver that's trading in the green as well by 40.43 cents, or and uh, Bitcoin that's trading in the green too. 1900, it just won't lose that 55,000. So back up the cryptos up a lot of the market up. Triple D, how are you on this wacky trying Wednesday? To survive, just trying to survive. That's all we can do. What about GameStop? <laughs> let's get it. Let's get the elephant uh, out of the GameStop room. Does GameStop even matter anymore? It's now NFTs. I mean, un- until GameStop announces an NFT deal, I don't think GameStop is even in, in even in the remote like talked about nearly as much anymore. I think the GameStop story is over until they if they were to came on the conference call and start talking NFTs, GameStop would be a three hundred dollars stock right now. No NFT mention goes down. They should have been sh- thinking, man. Got to talk about, NFTs. How about the straddle? How about that straddle we talked about? From 60 yesterday? bucks. Well, it's not as bad. 24. So they're only losing 35 bucks right now. So the people that bought the straddle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And people who are buying straddles, it's a good way to lose money. I mean, uh, these straddles uh, rarely work out when you're buying the straddle, buying the call, buying the put. It rarely works out. I got uh, uh, our buddy Jim Tassoni. Uh, used, uh, even though we don't give trading recommendations, uh, he put that, he sold that straddle. Did he? Yeah. On our talk yesterday? Yeah. Jim, yep. good job, buddy. Yeah. I yep. looked at it. I never, the reason I don't do, you know, my horror Apple story, and I've been spooked on it ever since, but I, it's probably cost me a lot of money in a lot of different ways. The opportunity costs not rating all these other straddles that would have been bank and coin. So nice job, Jim. Yeah, those those zap those calls will be like Zappo, and the puts will probably have a little premium. But they'll be a little bit still, there. but Game never stop. they'll never move as much as you know as when you're you know as much as you want them to move. But yeah. uh, anyways, down twenty five bucks. I don't know what the straddle was from the close from yesterday. We looked at the one ninety five, but uh, what do they say? I mean, well, let's cover it. Let's get it out of let's get it out of the way. I see a pre market low one fifty. Do we even want to talk about the report, or we're not going to talk about? What the did they say? They didn't really say much, Joel. I, I, what did okay. they, what they say can be summarized in basically two seconds. They didn't take questions on the earnings call. The earnings call we we we, wow. live, we live streamed it on YouTube. The earnings call lasted about twenty two minutes. And then it was over, and that was it. It was it was a it was a statement from the CEO that you could have gotten from the press release, and bada bing, bada boom, you're done. They didn't even mention, and I, I caught this later. 
but I guess in the in the filing, they 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 said they may do um, uh, an offering of some kind, but they they didn't mention that on the call unless I missed it. The, basically, they just talked about the Q4 and about last year's numbers, and that's it. And they said we may do something with regards to our assets overseas, like we might sell them. I don't know. We're kind of thinking about it. Maybe who knows? But that's pretty much it. The call was over in 22 minutes, and they said absolutely nothing about anything. Forward. What about Ryan Cohn? Did he say anything? No, about- no, no. There was one person on the call. It was the CEO, and that was it. And then he left, and it was over. Why is the company so silent? Is it just because they know that their stock price is just stupid, and they're like they don't know how to deal with that? Like that they they realize that you know the markets are completely broken and they're the prime example of it is that what you know is that why they're silent i mean that's a good reason to be silent I why do you think they're know. so silent and and this is this is the thing right if 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 they're not gonna talk then all we have to, all we can do is speculate that's all we can do because we don't know because no one knows what's, what what they're thinking or what's in their head we, we, we no. can't tell and they won't tell us so we we kind of have no choice but to but to speculate you know what i mean and try to guess what's going on over there um, I, I don't, I don't know, Dennis, I had three questions going into yesterday's call. My three questions were, what do you do? Uh, how, how is the e-commerce thing going for you? How's that transition going? And, you know, e-commerce sales were up, but that, that, that was true for the whole industry last year. So it's not, yeah. not unique to GameStop. Um, are you in contact with any regulatory agencies about what's create the craziness with your stock? And what was my third question? Um, uh, regulatory agencies, e-commerce and, I forget. The point is, they didn't really answer anything. They didn't really answer anything, and none, nothing got answered. It just more questions, and they talked about the quarter. They talked about the year, the numbers that were, you could have gotten from the filing, from the press release, and that's pretty much the, that. That was the end. I think they got a good lawyer. I think they got a good probably, lawyer. Probably. That, that's I, it. I think you're right too, Joel. And Mitch is saying the same thing. I think they're silent just because they don't even know how to, you know, deal with this, and they just want to be silent because they don't want to be. You know, if they're selling some stock or if they're doing anything, they don't want to say anything that could possibly manipulate the price of the stock. Yeah. So, you know, because we know everything, you know, it's all the GameStop. If they, you know, I was, it was a joke when I said mention NFTs. That was a joke. But I mean, imagine if they did something like that, then all of a sudden, you know, the company is going to be under attack for what's been happening. So, I mean, they, I think you're right. I think they have a good lawyer, and the lawyer says just to say the basics, and that's it. Because there's too much, yeah. There's too many regulators around you right now. There's too much everything around GameStop yeah, right now. Probably. So yeah. they got to be silent. It makes sense. What, what? Why don't I just give the numbers just for a second? Just if for some reason you you didn't see them by now, and and you care about this stuff, their EPS missed by a penny, a buck thirty four versus a buck thirty five. Their sales. Also, barely missed the estimate two point one two billion versus two point two one billion. Q four comps up six and a half percent. E commerce sales for the quarter up one hundred seventy five percent. Again, that's not unique to GameStop. That's the whole industry uh, seeing e commerce growth there. Uh, they are still suspending guidance, blaming the pandemic. That's again not unique to GameStop. And there's one more thing that they said. I don't. Uh, I'm trying to find it here. Uh, no, I, I already mentioned uh, the, the the Europe thing and the potential offering. But this was interesting. Apparently, the conference call got maxed out. Like, the room was full. And yeah, it, they couldn't even get in. <laughs> so we were already in there. I was in there from, like, 2 o'clock onward. Yeah. But if you weren't in there before, you couldn't you – could, it was you got locked out. Unbelievable. It was interesting. And then something else I noticed last night is uh, Roaring Kitty – he, this guy knows how, how to time his stuff. He uh, he occasionally will post to Reddit, like in, in his position update. He does it like not on a regular basis. It's when based whenever he feels like it. And he hadn't posted for a couple weeks. I, I don't think, but he posted last night. And every time he posts, it's just it's just reinforcing. Shit what did he say? Posted. Bought more. He bought more GameStop. Uh, well, no. If if the update is that he hasn't sold, that's the update. Is he has so he did that before the report? No, no, no. It was after the report. <laughs> he's trying to pop it back up. It was after the yeah, report. He's trying, he's trying as hard as to get the stock price back up with those actions. So he hasn't but... sold any? I hate to harp on this, but he hasn't sold any? No, no. I believe he has. I, think he's I, sold. I believe he yeah. has. Sold. I believe he has sold. Yeah. But you're coming out there, the thing's going down, and then you post, oh, yeah, I haven't sold any stock. I mean, that's t- talking to me like you're trying to talk the stock back up. So, anyways, you know, that's. 
uh, this whole GME circus show has just left such a bitter taste yeah. in my mouth. I know. It's all together. And yeah. it, it, when, when a stock, I've tweeted this out before, when a stock is this disconnected from fundamental reality, price can go anywhere. It can so, do whatever it wants. It is meaningless. You got technicals. So that's why we're going to use Joel here in a second because we've got our technical analyst, Joel, here that does pretty good with the numbers. But um, from a fundamental basis, anything can happen here. The story, like I said, if a headline came out or somebody started a headline, you know, it's so there's so much talk on this, so much social media around this. It's driven by the story right now, too. I'm just out. I don't even want to trade something like this or really even like talk about it. It's, it's honestly just sad for the markets that, you know, we look at something like this and, you know, a stock that's, you know, obviously not worth nearly as it is can stay up this long. Like you always see price dislocations in the short term, but we've been talking about this for months now and the price, you know, is, you know, significantly above reality. It just makes you think that everything is just a big house of cards. And maybe it is, you know, the entire market is probably just a big house of cards. And that's why price, you know, goes, oh, well, what's happening to this stock, this stock? I mean, there is value and we can get to Intel in a second. I mean, some of the value stocks, why they've come back, because some of that house of cards has actually started falling, you know, in these crazy growth names. You've seen some of them come down significantly and you've seen the value trade really catch up because, you know, all of a sudden people are like, oh, maybe valuation does matter. But I mean, this GameStop story is just, you know, we've been talking about it so long. It's just almost exhausting to keep talking about it. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like dry ships. I'm just, let's go. I'll put a bow on this. Pre-market yeah. low, 150. You also have a daily low at 150. So that <clears throat> that is an area of support as we speak right now. Um, it We did, did, did the big bounce through the 50%. So if you sold at 260, you're probably regretting it when it went to 360. Uh, but now, you know, let's see a half of this move, uh, from three, you know, it's a 300 point move, 150 that puts you up like 190, 200. So those are going to be more overhead. You, you caught people here. You got this other rally, you got people caught here again. So boom, until this thing gets back over 195, 200, I think it just drifts lower. All right. All right. Done with GameStop. Well, what, what do you want to cover let, let me put a bow on this just to add just a couple of analysts uh, chiming in this morning. Uh, Michael Pachter from Wedbush is giving a price target of $29. So even though Ooh. he acknowledges, let me just read you from, from the note if I can for a second. Uh, this is the very beginning of the, of the Wedbush note this morning. GameStop is well positioned to be a primary beneficiary of the new console launches. We remain quite optimistic that it will return to profitability by this year however goes on to say the price is so disconnected from reality that we have no choice but to maintain or underperform give it a price target at 29 that's wedbush jeffries is out this morning and they're going the opposite way they're just playing price catch up here so they're raising their price target to one from 15 to 175 that's what Jeffries did this morning, just catching up on the price. So chasing price there. There's a couple analysts out on GameStop this morning. There are more. We don't need to go through all of them. Yeah. And with that, we can move on. I was yes. going to say, you know, for those who don't follow Michael Pactor, he's been bullish GameStop. He was actually one of the bulls. He was one of those that when it was down at $3, yeah. $4, was saying this is a company that eventually is going to turn it around. Yeah. He, so, he, and he's what? saying it's disconnected from reality. Oh, yeah. He so, it. it's not just my opinion, you know, saying, oh, it's disconnected from reality. There's no fundamental justification for the price, but it doesn't matter. You know, and I'm not going to say this is going back to 20 which it normally should in normal markets. I'm not going to say it's going to 300. It can do whatever the hell it wants. Price disconnect from reality can do whatever it wants. You know, Tesla to a certain extent is the same thing. It's carried by story, not fundamentals. I mean, Tesla stock trading up here this morning because Elon Musk said, oh yeah, you can buy Tesla with Bitcoin. You know, like it's all- Not just, trading you know, up that much. That's it. It's not, but, it's, but not... it's all just story, you know, like what carried Tesla two days ago, Kathy Wood coming out with a ridiculous $3,000 price target. So it's not fundamentals. It's like opinion that carries these stocks. It's people's opinions. And this is maybe, you know, it's not just Tesla. It's the whole markets. It's all just, you know, people giving their opinions on everything. I mean, we give our opinions on stocks too, but um, you know, like the fed, you know, and you know, the Trump, you know, and, and, and the Trump tweets back in the day. I mean, Everybody just talking and trying to push price around, and it's ridiculous. It's become, you know, social media is really, you know, to a certain extent, it's helped the markets, but to the other extent, it's harmed the markets because there's just so many people talking their book all the time, talking about, like, I don't like to talk stocks that I own at all anymore for the simple reason is that I'm not in this game to try to come on here and pump some stock that I've just bought. 
I'm in this game because I'm trying to educate people. You know, I'm I'm trading because I'm trying to make money. But I try to keep my trading separate almost from my commentary here because I'm trying to come in here and, you know, so we're trying to find good setups for you. We're trying to, you know, trade stuff. Good you know, risk rewards. Yeah, we're looking at it from a whole different scenario. That's why, you know, people want us to talk small caps all the time. We don't want to talk small caps on this show because I don't want to say something and then the stock goes up on it. You know, like it's just bullshit. So, you know, and people who are out there just pumping their books all the time and trying to get their stocks to go higher, that's manipulative. It's manipulative action. And if you're honestly, if there's people out there that are just pumping, like that California trader that was doing it on Twitter, the regulators are going to start hammering down on shit like this. And you know what? They should. Because it's not fair that, you know, people get this huge following, you know, on Twitter, and then they're just going to buy stocks, and then they're going to pump them out there, and then sell into those pumps. Those are called pump and dumps. And you're seeing a bazillion of them. They're of smaller scale, but some of them are larger scale throughout social media right now. And you know what? Regulators are going to clamp down on this, and they should. Just my thoughts. And, and, and the difference between someone on Twitter and Jim Cramer who moves stocks is that Kramer can move a stock, but he's not selling. Any- he's not trading it. Right. He's not trading it. That's the difference. He's not trading it at all. So he's not even allowed to own stocks. So, you know, and Jim Cramer, and, you know, this is the kind of market that's interesting enough. You know, the stocks that are going on Cramer lately, because people have been burned yeah. and just fallen blind opinions for the last little bit. You're starting to see some of these stocks that get featured on Kramer not go up and actually go down. Like the stock he had on last night, AQB, got a little lift during the regular session because it was going to be on Jim, but not like it was a month ago. And then it went down during the regular session. Yeah. So, you know, people are starting to get like, hey, you know, this isn't working. You know, the stock goes on Kramer. Jim Kramer says it's going up and it's not going up. What's going on? It always goes up when Jim Kramer says it's going up. <laughs> So, you know, and it's not nothing against Kramer. He's just very influential. He's like, you know, the, he's so widely followed. He says a company and, you know, and oh, I like want you to buy us right now and the stock goes higher. But the Kramer pops are even getting muted to a certain extent because, you know what, people are getting burned. People are getting burned off these story stocks. So Dennis, I don't know. It, the other thing I would say, though, Dennis, though, I, I think maybe you might need maybe need to consider the fact that that the ground is changing a little bit. And that you know we've entered this 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 era of uh, influencers in the market. That... That's called illegal. That's like it's right going down to your funeral. Go start looking at stuff, though, Spencer. I mean, you can't just come in here and start you know buying stocks and then and like I'm not saying on the show, but I'm saying on Twitter. You yeah. know, on our show, we try not to talk that stuff. We disclose it because I don't want any of that crap. Um, we're not about that. We're all about education on this eight to nine show. We are all about education. We've always been about education, teaching people to trade it. I don't like it. We give the odd trading idea. We have people come on and give trading ideas. But what we're trying to do on this eight to nine show is teach people to fish, not give people fish. And there's a lot of other stuff that's going on in Twitter and everywhere where people are just coming on and they're just, you know, they're, I, I guarantee you there's the accounts out there, which we saw somebody get charged in California where they're buying stocks up and then they're trying to build a following and then they're trying to pump them out there and they're trying to get their stock to go higher so they can dump it and make money. Those are classic textbook pump and dumps. Social media has created so many mini pump and dumps. They're just everywhere. So just listeners, be careful with who you're blindly following on all this stuff. I know, you know, you can make some money on these things if you're early enough and they, they still, you know, there's some people that made some money on a lot of these different pump and dump accounts. I'm not going to even name any of them because I don't even want to give any of them credibility. But you've just got to be careful, you know, with that you're not the last person to buy. Because a lot of these stories that you're hearing on Twitter are just stories and there's nothing really there. I, I wish uh, I could Kevick, so Thanks in- for the tips, folks. Yeah, I mean, says, we we appreciate you, that. Yeah, little, thank you for your transparency and education. Triple D, uh, boom, boom. I would say line in the sand here for Tesla is uh, that low that you had a few days ago, 625. You had the bounce off to 540. We knew that was a monthly level. I just had a stinking feeling 700 was going to be a stickler. It has. And now, you know, whew, folks, I mean, you have half of this move here. You're giving it back. You you lose that low at uh, 625. I'm thinking you're back down at 640. And I don't want to scare anybody, but a true technician, which I'm not, you know, you had a 450-point move. You know, you if this is a similar move from seven hundred minus four fifty, you're you're going wait, you're going down to three fifty. So 
not saying it's that. Tough. I mean, you got so many people who are along this to keep defending the stock. I mean, you got Kathy that comes out with their three thousand dollar price target. The top stock pops yeah, forty points what? off of yeah. that. But so, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's disconnected from reality as well. You know, we can keep saying, "Oh, it's a technology company," you know, but it's really a car company. There's SpaceX. You know, you're not buying you're not buying Elon Musk when you buy Tesla. There's other companies. There's other stuff going on as well. So, you know, it's disconnected from reality, too, but it's been disconnected so long. It's such a story stock. It's not fundamentals that carry Tesla. It is story. So, you know, if the story gets hot, what if they decide? What if Musk comes out tomorrow? And this is not out of the realm of possibility because he's so outspoken. You know, he talks doggy coin. He talks crypto. What if he says, oh, Tesla's going to get into NFTs? What if he said that? You know, what would the stock do, Spencer? Because then this can be a segue into the craziness of the NFT market right now. What's but going what, on? Should we talk what, to you? What, 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 if, what, if, what if Musk said that, that Tesla is somehow going to be involved in NFTs? What if he said that? Then, what do you think the stock would do? Then the first thing would happen. The algos would be all over it. Is the, the basket of 20 or 30 quote-unquote NFT stocks would go to the moon. Yeah, and uh, regardless of whether they have anything to do, which they probably won't have anything to do with with any hypothetical Tesla NFT, right? Um, but if Elon Musk said, "Hey, we're doing NFTs," then all these TKATs, HOFVs, all of them would go up. All of them, Tesla would go up too, but the smaller ones would go up more. Yeah. So I don't know, and maybe that's a good segue into the news last night that uh, Chris Cacci had the exclusive on Hall of Fame Resort HOFV has partnered with Dolphin Entertainment, DLPN, uh, to basically begin offering uh, sports-focused non-fungible tokens um, and, and and sell them. And so that was the news. That was out. Uh, we had the exclusive. At, like, it was out at 4.48 p.m. Eastern Time. Let's and, talk the DLPN for a second because uh, I don't know if this was on anybody's radar two days ago as an NFT play. You can just see. Time. I wasn't on our list. You remember you had that list going, and I hadn't seen that. And I actually went back on Twitter just looking to see if anybody was talking about this as an NFT play. Maybe there was somebody, but there wasn't a lot of people talking about this as an NFT play. And all of a sudden, it comes out yesterday morning. I tweeted out with that NFT headline there, and, you know, it blasts off, and it continues. And now it's continuing here again because the algos, and, and Mitch, you were saying it too. I mean, you see these NFT headlines, the algos are all over it there are like a dozen algorithmic traders that are just blocking to any nft headlines the same thing it was with blockchain nft is a new blockchain remember two years ago yeah. something comes out with a blockchain you know long island iced tea changed the name yeah. long, long blockchain no that was the top <laughs> and that was you know the stock just blasts off 300 that day you know kodak even got involved you know yep. they were going to go with blockchain yep so same thing here you get a stock, it mentions anything to do with NFT, it blasts off. Are these companies real? Are these companies going to change the whole world? Is the NFT market for real? I, I think I think the NFT stuff is here to stay. I, like I say, it's stupid all the time. There's a certain market for it. I kind of get it. Like I was talking about it yesterday. I get it. You know, own it. You want to own the first tweet ever. It's cool. I say I own the first tweet ever. I mean, we've gotten to a ridiculous level, though. Somebody just created a digital house in Toronto, and they sold it for $600,000. I don't know if you can show this. Um, I tweeted it out if you want to show but somebody, um, somebody literally created a digital house here and sold the house for six hundred thousand dollars. And I joked like a week ago, I was like, when the digital houses start becoming more worth than the houses, that's probably getting close to a top. Well, you got, you know, this house is probably, you know, a real, really nice house, I'm sure. Well, what's uh, the but it's digital. That, what's the interest rate on that mortgage? I wonder. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's gotten to a ridiculous level. So. <laughs> Do you have I to get it, the scarcity. You want to be the first, own the first tweet ever. They own this people piece of art. I kind of get it to a certain extent, but the NFT buzz right now is exactly how we've seen the the, the crypto to, buzz, to, the blockchain buzz. Do you have to buzz. mow the to mow the grass in a, a digital house or shovel the driveway? <laughs> like Maybe that's the advantage, Joel. It, it's just it's like low Sims, maintenance. Joel. It's just like Sims. You had to do it. You got to maintain it, just like yeah, Sims. Oh man, that, my girls played that a long time ago. <laughs> oh man. Uh, all right. Do we do we want to talk well, about these these stocks? There's no, no way to talk about them technically because okay. they just all black. I don't think there is. Can you talk about DLPN technically? I mean, DL, uh, Dolphin Entertainment. I this mean, is I, the new I one can. from yesterday morning, and it continues to blast off. You've seen blast offs in this stock before. It has been prone to it back in May of 2016. The stock went from a buck to fifty dollars. I don't know what happened back then, 
uh, but you can see it on the chart. So it has been prone to these like you know, blast offs before, but this is algorithmic driven by the NFT headline and it's still going. So where are the party stops? Who knows? Um, you know, this, these things can go anywhere. TKAT, you know, the party was going for four or five days. You know, yesterday it looks like it cooled off. Yesterday it looks like kind of maybe, you know, topped out with the 7411. But, you know, then they turn around and start catching bids and the things go again. So nobody really knows where these things top out. You just know when the dust settles, usually they end ugly. But right now, a lot of people doing pretty well if you're long DLPN. Yeah, I look at this, and just from a technical perspective, I just look at that high. Like, they, they took it up over 35, they tr- 38. So if I was trading this, I'd be like, man, I want this to get to 38. I want to see what happens. I would, If I had a long position, I'd be scaling out between 30 and, you know, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, all the way up and see if I get taken. If that. You know, if it goes up to that, I'd be happy with that. If I took this home long and, you know, just on the close, I had a haunch, I see it traded 35. My first instinct would be, man, I don't, or 38. I'd be like, oh boy, I'd love to sell 38 today. But that's, that's just the way I, I would do that for all these. I would look at the pre-market highs, see if you get continuation. I won't go through them all individually, but, you know, it hit that, it pulled back, you know, eight, nine bucks. So that's what I'd be like. You got to sell them on the way up. I mean, that's just like the easiest thing to say, no, but the hardest thing no. to do. It right? is. Because, yeah. and, and sometimes you sell them too early too. You could say, oh, well, TKAT, you know, I could have sold on the way up at, you know, from $2 to $10 is a pretty good gain. Now it's 53 and you're like, why did I do that? It's really tough to like know how nuts they're going to get. I mean, it's actually 44 right now, but uh, yeah, 54 <laughs> closed, 44 <laughs> traded. I mean, these things are, you know, it's it, they're, they're crazy. The algos are all over them. You've got some retail in there as well, but retail, you know, sparks it up, starts the fire, maybe on social media or maybe anywhere, or maybe it's a press. Like, sometimes the company doing it just on DLPN, just a press release, random. It's like, oh, this is an NFT play. Algos grab it. Retail starts grabbing, they start talking about a major media, and boom, you've got yourself, you know, a bubble coming. So, I just, yeah, I, I mean, I just, like, I, you guys have noticed, like, like the SPAC talk, I've, I've, I haven't invested in one SPAC. I haven't, the SPAC, I just, they were good, but you had a system and you followed the system and then the system stopped working. So you stopped trading it and you're very nimble. You're at your computer all the time. You're looking at the news, you're seeing, you know, the price reactions on stuff. So, you know, I don't have, I, I don't have the time to devote to watching something like that. And I don't want to, cause I don't know my risk reward. I don't need to wake up. I mean, you get, you get your own disasters in your portfolio without going out to have to look at them and find them. But like you said, and we've said this a thousand times before, if you are good at trading these crazy stocks and you're making good money, they keep doing it, okay? If you get on a bad streak, cut back your size. Take some of the money that you, if you're making good money on this, take it, put it aside, and do and, and put it in some some stable investments. But uh, let's talk about some real stocks. Intel, right. let's go. And this All is right. let's this keep is going. what I, I do believe the market eventually, if we're not already there, just to segue into this, I want to segue into this is, you know, valuation in the long run does matter. And we are seeing the one thing good we are seeing about this market, and maybe Gaines is the good thing out of GameStop, like I said before, you know, because Reddit is about value over there. They're not about these crazy, a few growth names in there, but they're about value too. People trying to find the value. And you know what? Value investing is cool again right now. And Intel, I mean, you know, it's had a hell of a run. I'm not saying go buy Intel at this price, like, but I mean, you know, you look back when it was 45 or $50, you know, I played it a couple times down there. I mean, the P was bloody eight nine i mean you know on a stock that's creating chips you think chips are going away you know do you think intel's going away i mean and now everybody's like oh intel it's all about intel so it's funny how this market has turned so much off of growth and into value i don't know how long that lasts but intel is the new amd right now like where AMD was like, oh yeah, Intel's old. Nobody buys Intel. Intel's garbage. That's why it trades with a P of nine, and AMD trades a P of a hundred. Well, you know what's happened now in the last three months since we've come to value investing? AMD straight down, Intel straight up. And you know what? Maybe that gap isn't as crazy as you think. You know, like you know that gap's closing fast, and this that Intel spread was huge. Up. 
that spread was huge between those two. It went from like four. Yeah, they were the same price always. They were like forty dollars. AMD went to almost a hundred, and Intel, you know, went up a couple of times. I couldn't get. Now you know, all of a sudden, look and AMD is a seventy-eight dollars stock, and Intel's a sixty-six dollars stock. They're so, going to par. They're going to par. They they could. They could. They I will. mean, they should. I mean, Intel is a real company. With you know, now that AMD is not a real company, but they're uh, uh, the valuations were always very ridiculous on AMD side, and not ridiculous on Intel side. That's all of a sudden starting to matter. So we've seen it with Tesla and GM and Ford too. I mean, really, this has been a value investing market for the last three months. So I guess I shouldn't be complaining here. It's the kind of market that's probably I've been doing very well in on my long term stuff because I'm all value. So and there's pain and. uh one thing you got to keep an eye on you know, with, um, you know, with these relationships is like they turn and they, they, once they have a major turn, they usually don't reverse. That was because I remember I was talking to you a while ago about shorting AMD and buying Intel. Right. And you're like, man, this, no, that's the wrong trade right now. It, you know, AMD's going up, Intel's going down and, you know, eventually it turned. So that's, you know, that would be a risky spread for a while, but when it turned, it turned and it's moving in your favor. Let's go over the Intel news and then uh, we'll do a little bit of the price action. Yeah, so Patrick Gelsinger has been the CEO of Intel now for like two months and he is moving quick. kicking butt. Uh, yeah. This is what happens when you bring on, you know, the, the an executive who is, previously a CEO at, at another successful competitor, right? He was at VMware, uh, knows what he's doing, right? So basically yesterday was a great day for Intel, great day for America, I would say, because Intel is basically doubling down on chip production, specifically in the U.S. They're investing, uh, they're going to build two uh, factories in Arizona. They're going to invest $20 billion in that. They gave some updated guidance as a result. And they said, basically, we're going to, we're going to double down on chip manufacturing. We're going to be manufacturers. We're not going to try to juice our stock price with buybacks or dividends. We're just going to, we're going to make stuff. That's what we do. We're going to make chips. And uh, they gave, like I said, they gave a whole bunch of numbers. Uh, as a result of that, they, they announced a partnership with IBM, a research partnership, uh, but and they're going to support other companies, and they're going to they're going to be a supplier, and that's what people want to see. They want to see them make stuff, and that's what they said they're going to do. A uh, couple things. Uh, we got to dig up Colby Howard. You okay. know, who Col- you know who Colby Howard is. Yeah, we had him a guest on this show yeah. when they did the CEO change. Yeah, it was it was that day. I think it was that gap up day. We made a bet that you ended up winning. Because I thought it would come back down to fill the gap before it went up, and you got lucky because they uh, released the earnings that day, like before the bell, and you went up and won the bet that it came down and filled the gap. Um, I like it. I owned it, and I don't know if it's going to a hundred. I don't know if it's going one hundred and twenty, but I put it in uh, extra size position in the super extra long term portfolio. And I'm not touching it. I'm not. I'm not worrying. I'm not looking at it. I. I just think things have turned. Good for you. New CEO, and you know, yeah. yeah, this my kids are gonna have some. What's inside that dad's portfolio? Intel is what they're gonna see when they get it someday. But uh, yeah, price action. I hit sixty-eight fifty. That's a little bit overdone. Backed off three bucks since then. You know, maybe let it come down over the next couple of days. That's a big move. I don't think we're going back to sixty-eight fifty today. And what's been the recent high? The recent high has been sixty nine twenty nine. So going to have some work to do to get through that. Just all, just by all in all, like a great, a great day for Intel. It's not the chart shows that, but just this is what you wanted to hear, right? Like you don't want to hear a company like go on there. I forget what company it was, but it was like a couple quarters ago in the earnings call. They just talked. It was some tech, some chip, chip company. I don't remember what. And they just talked uh, financials the whole time. They didn't talk about product at all. You want to see a company, a tech company, talk about their product. Tech. And talk, about <laughs> tech. talk about making tech. It's what they do, right? So, yeah, they gave some numbers, but the numbers were almost incidental, right? It's really about, hey, we're still here. Remember us. We're Intel. We yeah. make stuff. We make chips. It, it's 75.83. That's the all-time high. And then uh, Triple D, another thing, that, uh, and I'm going to give you partial credit on this because you, you put this bug in my ear a while ago, uh, Mobileye. They bought that Mobileye. I, I, mean, I, I think it's that's a good player for them, too. Yeah. I love Intel. I've long, been long Intel, but then, you know, I sold it. When <laughs> trading went from, rage. 
Well, I, I, yeah, I kept playing the range. I bought it at 46, sold it at 55 or 60 or somewhere in there. I did it again. I bought it like 45 or 46, and I sold it at 55 or 60. I was hoping I was going to continue to do that. I was going to continue to do it. Well, it's left without me now. It's like six or seven points higher than I sold. I think I sold 58 or 59 the last time. And, uh, you know, it's left without me. I hope it eventually comes back down. But, you know, it's been a great play down there, 45 to 50. But I think eventually Intel's a $100 stock again. I Actually, do. I, I think it was Intel. I think it was a, an Intel call, uh, their last CEO. And on, I think it was like it was last summer or last fall. They didn't talk about product at all. They just talked numbers. And, like, that's not what you want to hear. You want to hear about the product. So, anyway. And, but, but and, just and the to building today, yeah. Spencer, I mean. You know, is now the time to come in and buy Intel? I mean, it's up twenty three. It's up fifty percent in three months. It's Intel. Yeah. So I mean, you know, even though I'm bullish it, and even though I think it eventually could get back to a hundred dollars, I'm not chasing it here. I would love it to come back to the mid fifties, and I'd reload. So again, you know, buying when there's a little more blood in the streets as opposed to buying it when it's up two three bucks. So could it rip to 70 today? Yeah, it could, but I don't think it's gonna. It's still a big, thick stock, and it's still a value stock. And, you know, they typically don't just start ripping 5, 10 points. So well, this is interesting. So Joel, I don't think you have to chase it. I, I don't remember if Joel brought this up, but uh, on the daily chart, that gap, and that was from when they announced a new CEO. Yeah. So what So what it do? It pop, and then it came right back, and it filled the damn yes, it did yeah, to the so to the panic, I should have been buying that. Yeah, because that, I that sold it on a, the CEO pop. That was a gift. I mean, that high yeah. on that day, fifty three eighty five. The low on this day, fifty three thirty. I mean, and then you didn't even you didn't even look back on that that one. You could card that up, and it was a winner. No heat on that one. But anyways, uh, do we want to look and see what AMD is doing off this yeah. news? I mean, this has ramifications for the entire Big time. Industry, yep. So we probably want to go through the, go through the usual stuff. Taiwan is the direct hit because, you know, with the chip manufacturing aspect of it, TSM was down significantly. It's bounced back off the lows. AMD was getting hit, obviously competitive, but it, they bounced back. Xilinx was getting hit last night on this. It's bounced back. So you got KLA 10 cores, which is ripping higher on it. Or, or it was KLA? I think KLAC was ripping higher on it. So, I mean, there is ramifications all oh. through the chips on this. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now. I mean, this is it. This, this chart is not as clear. I mean, because you've already broken up, broken this support here. You had multiple lows in TSM at 113, 113 and a half. So you broke that. But, hey, let's just go a little bit longer term. And you tell me. If AMD breaches 74, where is it going? Where is it going if it takes out 74? I don't want to say 50, but you have been holding that level since August of 2020. And now you are. I, I, if for long term, this is not recommendation, not trading advice. I just. Under 74, and you know, how do you classify it? It goes to 7360, then yeah, closes no, at 75. But once that 74 turns into resistance instead of support, this thing's going to have a whole heck of a lot of trouble here because it had that huge thing. run from 55 exactly. to 75. So you're seeing all the air below there. So it absolutely is a critical level for it to hold. I agree with you on that. And uh, and also, people are going to think there's a, you know, oh, there's a lot of people that are long above 75, you know, that are like, oh, still's got some profits. There's people that bought it in 90. But there's all these people down here, you know, that are, hey, I bought this at 30. I'm not selling it until 120. They'll hit a bid. This thing's open, you know, has bad news. It opens up down $5. Oh, these institutions will be out. They'll just, you know, they have it from, everyone has a different cost basis. So if you think this is going to just bounce off 74, it's going to have a very, very high. The, the news uh, flow is turned, and it's going to have a hard time getting back up to 100. That's it. On, uh, that's there's a lot grab. of people caught in this thing now. Yep. So you're right. It's easy sailing when there's clear skies ahead. That's why we love buying stocks, making new all-time highs. Uh, but this no, has hey. now got so much overhead supply from 80 to 85 to 90. Bag holder central here, really, for the last year. I mean, you can look at AMD that's been building, you know, the bag holder area for the last year. So you're absolutely right, Joel. It's going to be tough for AMD to just start ripping higher to go 80, 85, 90. It's going to be tough. Path of least resistance is probably lower. You said it was going to hit 100, Dennis, and it only hit Never 90. Did. 
23. I thought I was going to hit 100. <laughs> I had what, what did I have? I had oh, I had the spread. Yeah, I got out of the spread. I was long the stock too at one time, and you know I sold out. You were I wrong. Spread. I never got to. I was wrong. It never got to 100. <laughs> I thought it was going to get to 100. 99.23. I missed by 76, 77 cents. Whatever the math is. All right. Do we have a guest? No, no, no guest today. Well, what happened? What happened? I'm wondering why. No guest today. Uh, no, but I, I want to move on. It means it means we can cover more stuff from the chat. Okay, sure. Um, we had someone ask yesterday afternoon. He's asked a couple of days now. He's asking about AVEO. He's like, they, they did an offering. I'm out. Ooh, I want to get back nice. in. But I don't want to look at AVEO. I, I want to bring, I want to look at Viacom. Oh, I'm kidding. Okay. I, this is, I, oh, this so, is my so, worst trade of the year that I so, didn't so, do. So the advice that, that we gave on AVEO uh, was basically just wait. They've announced an offering, but they haven't announced a price. So don't do anything until they announce a price. Never. And, and why? Why? Because Viacom is why. Because Viacom Gosh, is why. Darn it. Look at this Viacom. Okay. So they announced the offering, what, a couple of, was it two days ago? I don't even remember anymore. Yeah. A couple days ago. They priced it last night at 80, the Class B, 20 million share offering, uh, Class B shares, $85. I'm going to tell you the easiest <sighs> short is to sell short a stock the day after it announces an offering when it's going into the pricing that night. And Viacom, if you were shorting this thing, Joel, like you said, this was maybe one of the worst trades you didn't do. But if you buy puts or if you're shorting stocks, you're so inclined to short stocks like I am, um, it was a gift yesterday uh, because you knew the pricing was coming. You knew the stocks had an absolutely ridiculous run. And they're going to have probably to put this, they're going to have to probably do this offering significantly in the hole to get it done. And it get it done at 85. The stock is actually trading below there at 84. Full disclosure, I do have uh, uh, the pair on. I have VIAC versus VIACA, so short one, long the other. So, um, um, I'm, and that's a day trade. So I'm going to work out of that. But you know, from the markets, from the I'm basically market neutral on the two stocks. But I mean, this is just a gift yesterday. You know, investors just blindly buying because they have to buy the dip. And this is just a slam dunk for professional traders where, you know, they come in, there's a lot of smart people out there. There's a lot of people in a lot of different prop firms that trade these deals. And it's a nice play to short it on the night that, you know, once the offering has been announced to go short into the pricing because the pricing is often significantly lower, especially on a stock that's run this far. And uh, and they also, if you're shorting it, you also can participate in the offering, right? If uh, to, to cover your position, well, that's they're they're trying to. I mean, you're, you're going to get an allocation, you're going to get in there, but you know, right now you'd be like, oh shit, I wish I didn't, because you're getting an 85, and the thing's at 84.13, so you're even in worse shape right now. A lot of times, the offering prices can act like a floor. It yeah. is really bad news when they trade through them, because then you have everybody who participated in the Resistance. offering as a bag holder too, because they're trying to get, they want to participate in the secondary because the thing's at 91. Okay, if I can get some 85, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way. There's no way. If my broker called me up for an allocation on that, I'd I'd say, yeah, 50 bucks. But you know what? Most of the time they make money, Joel. Most of the time they don't trade. Usually they do act like a floor to a certain extent. I mean, EYES is a good example of the opposite. So EYES came out and it's pricing. We price this way in the hole too. You can say, "What a horrible day for EYS down twenty five percent." You want to know where the offering got down on this? Six dollars, six bucks. It's eight twenty two. So you got the six if you got the allocation. What are you doing? You're flipping it out right now. And even if you haven't got the stock, then you're going to short it into no, it. No, your six is going to cover you. So no, I would have bought that at six. I would have taken. Yeah, well, there. So a lot of these do work out if you can get. You know, if you have your broker and you got a good relationship with them, and they can get you some of this secondary action. There is some money to be made there. But in Viacom's case, you're getting down at 85 and you're looking at 84. That makes it tough. You know, that makes you think it could puke more because there's now people who are going to be blocking the whole thing. It starts to get up to 85 and be like, please get me out. I don't want to lose on this. This is supposed to be free money. This is not free money right now. I'm already down a buck. Well, so also, also, those offering too, I, prices matter. I think also you have, um, I think you have fundamental investors that you know look at this and they're like 
and I put this in my article, I made this my pre-market prep stock of the day. If the company thinks it's good time to be selling stock, who knows more about the company than the company itself? If they're Smart. if they're on this stuff, why would you want to buy? I mean, if you're going to buy someone's offer, you want a, someone a little bit more uninformed than the company itself. And they waited the whole time. They got the triple digits. I, hmm, I, I'm not even thinking about this as like a short, like to you know. I don't know about today. I'll see how this this plays out. But I would love to see it get back over 85, get a nice bounce, and maybe try and put a longer-term short. 85 is going to be a wall oh, of resistance now because all those secondary ba- – if it opens below 85 and stays down here, we're just in the pre-market right now, so it's early. But if it decides to open below 85 and trade some substantial volume below 85, all the people who did the secondary will be trying to get out at 85. So that's where you know those numbers right. become so significant. Where they be, it can become a wall of resistance as well, because right now the VIAC is eighty three ninety. It's a buck ten below it, down seven. So one, you have all the bag holders who bought it yesterday thinking they were buying the dip, which who obviously don't listen to pre market prep because we always <laughs> warn you, don't buy. Like it's a, you know not investment advice, it's a trading strategy. But those who are buying offerings before the price and buying offering stocks before the pricing is out there are taking a major risk because right, they're yeah. price lower. So, you know, anybody buying yesterday, not listen to the show. So, sorry, you know, you should be listening because we tell you how to trade this stuff. There's offering stuff. I've traded this stuff for years. Yeah, yeah. Um, Excellent. You know, and there's a lot of other prop firms, great ones I've learned through as well. You know, like in, in talking to other prop traders, there's a lot of professional traders that trade around these offerings. And typically, they price below because they got to get it done. I mean, you're trying to price this out. Stocks at 91. You're saying, oh, I'll buy 95. No. The secondary <laughs> people aren't saying I'm buying 95. They want a discount. So that's why they price these things at a discount because they want to get the offering price done. So they're, they're, you know, they're trying to work it and they're trying to figure it out. Now, obviously, it's price. They can't change the price now. But before it's announced, it's like, oh, no, I don't want it. it you know, I'm not paying $95 for the stock when it's trading 91. You got to get me done lower than that. So that's why you know it's usually priced at a discount to get it done. All right, uh, S and P's we're we're kind of yo yo here. Thirty nine ten, the pre market highs thirty nine nineteen. Uh, four a.m. I almost hustled out of bed at four a.m. because uh, man, there's been some nice moves there, and you did get a nice rally in the spoos, but. Uh, I was looking to short it, so I'm glad I didn't get up. But uh, anyways, uh, important area. We're hanging out just for the – look at this. Four lows, like right around this area. We're not distancing ourselves from it. Had a good day early, uh, good day on Monday. Couldn't get back up there on Tuesday. We'll see. what um, Rotation is keeping us up. Amazon helping the queues huge yesterday. Queues look like, oh, they had a bad day. But I'll tell you, Amazon – Apple was holding up to a certain extent, but you've got the mega caps, the value, and not that Amazon's a value name, but it is only trading like four times sales. Um, you know, the, you've got the mega caps that were keeping us up yesterday within tech. And then you had the rollover in value, something fierce yesterday in some of these names. You know, General Motors, which I am long, ugly day for it. Value had an awful day. Oil had an awful day yesterday. You know, oil making a new low on the move. Oil looks like it's a breaking trend now. Like, bring up, you know, if you want to see, look at oil, bring up crude. It looks okay. like it's breaking trend here, Joel. Uh, it did. I did. I took my eye off it. Uh, the oil stocks weren't too bad yesterday. They but, were pretty yeah. bad. <laughs> they, they held up better than oil itself, but they still weren't that pretty. I mean, you know, Chevron is now quietly 10 bucks off, ten down 10% a week. So... You know, if you're buying dips, I guess if you want value names, maybe some of these. But I hate oil, you know, but there's probably some opportunities. And General Motors, I kind of like the GM dip here. I'm already long it. I don't know if I'm going to add to it. I'm like exposed two ways, long the stock and short putts. But, um, you know, I if I wasn't in General Motors and Ford, like, you know, maybe maybe the value trade, maybe everything just rolls over, though. I'm a little bit spooked on the whole market, so I'm not really loading up. What, what do you think on the SPY? I mean... That, that, that's not the nicest looking chart either on spy uh you can't see it. i mean it, it it doesn't reflect the uh let's go to the spoos because you know it encompasses that you know overnight activity but 
you got, I mean, let's just draw a line in here. And I don't do this in the spoos very often. I mean, this this low from Friday, 39.75. It's been protected three times, 39.85 on Monday morning. I think you're finally, if we breach this, and we're hanging out in the lower 3,900s longer and longer here. I think you got, I, I mean, I'll stay, I mean, I'm not going to change my long-term portfolio, but you got a clear line in the scene here at 39.75, wherever it comes out on the spider what was Friday's low in the spider? Because we did trade that during the session. I mean, you got to just keep an eye on that. When stocks are an index, when this goes up like it has, yeah, here's Friday's low right here. I mean, you, can, you don't have much underneath it. You really don't. And even for the month of March, your monthly low. Also, uh, the rebalancing, Dennis. Uh, you know, we have that coming next week too. And there's probably some jockeying for position, rebalancing, maybe some profit that's what it kind of felt like when we rallied on monday there was like okay okay we're going up well there's offers what we're going up there's it's like chunk 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 so you kind of feel pay, perhaps taking some profits on the winners and maybe trying to buy some stuff that's uh, a little bit in the gutter get that performance up get that quarterly bonus I, check up i'm somewhat concerned about the overall market so that's why i've been saying i've been right but i've been concerned for the last month so you know it's, it's it bouncing back i've raised a lot of cash um just because i'm somewhat concerned that we topped out i don't know for sure you know nobody knows anything i'm just I'm, I'm not as comfortable with a lot of these stock charts that i was you know a month ago to be all in so i think you still keep some cash just in case it gets ugly we don't know what's going to happen but i'm being cautious i'm cautiously invested right now always Always. All right. Uh, let's do some tickers from the chat. Do some ticker time here. Age 53. See, I told you we need a guest today. There's so much to talk about. Did not need a guest. Got a question about a Honeywell. Uh, Honeywell. Honeywell, if you'd call it. Uh, um, they, they asked, it, it, what is this? Is it, is it a growth stock? Is it a value stock? What do you think? Uh, just on a valuation basis, you could call it a growth stock. That, that's, that's, how it's, that's how it's priced. Um, but I'll let Joel give you give you some levels to watch. Valuation's crazy on Honeywell, though. What's the trade? But, it, but it's higher than the S and P, and that's kind of what it, what I use as my yeah. not. It's not nosebleed. We're not talking. Yeah, fifty times sales. Yeah, this, this isn't Zoom. We're talking about, but it is yeah. higher than the average. Yeah, the, the average just for everyone knows the average. Yeah, S&P, yeah, yeah. The the average price to earnings ratio of the S and P five hundred historically is like fifteen, right? It's like somewhere in the fifteen. But it's been running higher than yeah, that. It, it's We're high. up in the mid twenties, are we not? It, it's higher. It's higher now. Historically, yeah. it's like fifteen to twenty. That's that's like a range you can use. Where are we right now in the S and P? Anybody know? Like twenty five, I think. I, I think so too. Somewhere around there. And then for price to sales, right? The average for the S and P historically is like somewhere around two, right? That's like that's like a nice number you can you can use as like a bogey, right? So in Honeywell, not fifty. What? <laughs> oh, oh no. Uh so so in, in Honeywell's case, uh it's got a PE of like twenty seven, so a little bit above the S P and it's got a price of sales of, of four and a half, right? So on, on those very basic valuation uh basis, and that's why we use ratios to compare A to B and B to C, then based on those numbers, Honeywell is 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 has a higher valuation than or is more expensive than the S&P 500 that, that that makes it to me a growth stock per se but this is by no means nosebleed high flyer teledoc zoom when this is not in that category this is i, a, I see it more as a value like cyclical okay. value play and and the market sees it that way too because it's had a big run i mean but again these stocks aren't cheap like you're saying either you're not making cheap. a good point not cheap. nothing is cheap right now that's the biggest problem is that the cheap value stocks like Viacom that were trading five, six times earnings are now like 20 times earnings. Yep. It's like all of a sudden everything got expensive. We came in a little bit on some of the growth names, but we explode on the value names. And it's like this whole market is just expensive. <clears throat> so does it stay expensive? You know, Kathy Wood was making a good point. Um, you know, just and we give Kathy some heat, but, you know, she is smart and she makes some good points. I mean, interest <laughs> rates are so low. Is it yeah. you know, reasonable to say that the S&P should only be trading 15 times earnings when you can get a mortgage for one and a half percent or two percent? I mean, you know, wrong. is it is it reasonable to say when interest rates are this low, you know, that, you know, the S&P shouldn't have a little bit higher multiple? It probably is reasonable to say that. So I agree with you, Kathy. You know, we probably should be trading a little bit higher. 
but there's been a big run in a lot of value names. The value names aren't cheap like they were a month or two ago. Uh, for the for your intel traders out here, <clears throat> I got levels for you. I'm just gonna make it simple. It gets well, anywhere near two twelve. I don't think it's going to get to 212. It's for, for Honeywell, you said. Yeah, 212. That, it's coming down. Sellers are coming down, stepping down off that all-time high. Uh, short term, huh, I wouldn't want to be long this thing under 208. I do see some two other lows there, but 208, the low yesterday. Another low at 208, uh, going back 207.65, 207.87. Let's not split hairs. It's called 208. 88. And if you don't want to be like, if you don't want to hit the exit button there, then you better darn well keep your eye on these pair of monthly lows at, uh, at one ninety five. That's the absolute line in the sand for that. That's kind of like the 74 of the AMD one ninety five. So you're not going to get a substantial correction, but under one ninety five, your next, you had a monthly low that was higher than that, but the next monthly low after that is one sixty eight eleven. So easy numbers. Easy numbers, 195, 208, 212, Honeywell. Do some more tickers as quick as we can, then we're going to hop off. Let's look at Lockheed Martin, LMT. Look at that for a hot minute. Uh, I'm long LMT. I put in the long-term portfolio um, back when the stock was 335. Took some heat, went down to 320. It's now 355. Try not to look at it. Love the dividend. Okay. Love the fact, I think Lockheed Martin is going to be your major space player. I don't think space is a fad. I yeah, think space is the future. Man. So it's it's well it's, it's still to be determined. It's up a little bit from where I bought it, but I just think going forward, Lockheed Martin. You talk about you know space ETFs. Lockheed Martin not going to be a part of Kathy's space ETF. I think it'll be a big part of it, but not that's not just the reason. I just think space is everything. Yeah. I, I agree with Elon Musk to a certain extent. This is where we're going to be going. I mean, there's going to be exploration. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Lockheed Martin's going to be a big part of all of that. So I think LMT is just a major player. You know, you want to buy space and max are well, Lockheed Martin's a, a valuation, a cheap valuation way to play it all. And you get a 3% dividend. And uh, you got major resistance for now. Take out this. It's really a 360 seller, but he's taking anything he can hit in the 359 handle. Cause you've had three out of your last four highs between 59, even and 59.43. So it's just an algo that's like, okay, I'm, would love to sell the 260 or 360. I know I'm not going to be able to, but you know, sell me a hundred thousand, and you know, if it gets above 59, and then the algos just go. When Dennis said we're going to spin, he, he meant pre-market prep. I am announcing right now that by the end of this decade, pre-market prep will broadcast live from space. That would be cool. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to be on that broadcast. Yeah. But I, might remote, I might remote come in. We'll send you up in the rocket ship, Spencer. At the end of the decade. That's that's like years away. First, right. I got to get out of my neighborhood, my house, and then we my neighborhood. And okay, then drive There's more no COVID in space yet. Or at least right. yet, yet. Okay, <laughs> I'm flying in April, and I'm, I'm a little nervous about it. But uh, anyways, I, I, I want to wrap it up, uh, guys. We got a big day today. Uh, we've got the biotech small cap conference. Fine. BZSmallCap.com. The link is also in the description of this video. Actually, you don't even have to do anything because anything at all. The stream is going to end and it'll redirect you automatically to one of the tracks. It's a two-track event. It's on YouTube. It's free. Again, BZSmallCap.com is the link, but it's in the description of this video, and uh, you don't even have to do anything because we're going to redirect automatically. So, smash that like button, everyone. Today was a a fun show. The chat was, yeah, we don't the need chat no was fired up. The chat was fired up. Dennis was great, fired up. Great job, guys. was fired up. Uh, or great, great job. <laughs> no guests. <laughs> great job. Everyone, that's a wrap for us. Smash the like button. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. I will see you at the Biotech Small Cap Conference, and I'll see Joel at uh, 3.30. Oh, we are doing a 3.30 today? Okay. We are doing 3.30. I will see you for the At The Close show. Everyone have a good rest of your day. Good luck at the Open, and we'll see you at the Small Cap event.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.